My next guest, well, she's known kind of as a pipeline warrior. And if you haven't heard of uh, Vivian Krauss yet, you will soon because, you know, she's finally now, after about a decade of research, getting some recognition that she is well-deserved. Um, and that's because she's exposed more than $40 million in foreign money that's been, um, you know, used to set up and, and orchestrate very devastating and destructive campaigns uh, with environmentalists with the ultimate goal of destroying our oil sands. And these campaigns have been going on for a decade or so, where this foreign money, mainly from American billionaires, who of course made their money in oil and gas, always the way, isn't it? Lead by example, no? Uh, but of course, they don't want Canadians, they don't want Canadian oil affecting their bottom line. Oh, no, no, but it's all about the trees. So they give money to Canadian activists who have been all too happy to take American money to fight our very own country. They've been very, very successful. And that's why we are seeing the results of this foreign meddling now, because our oil's bottoming out. We have not been able to get a pipeline built in, what, a decade? Barely. And now indigenous groups are the next target. And, of course, they're looking for independence through pipeline development. You go, you know, Eagle Spirit Pipeline. You know, there's talk of First Nations groups buying Trans Mountain. Oh, no, no, no. The environmentalists can't let that happen. So I guess that's the aim of the next campaign. I want to bring Vivian Krauss into this conversation. We chatted a little bit earlier um, about her findings and where she sees this going. Vivian, certainly it has not been an overnight uh, job for you to do, but finally people are starting to catch on to what you caught on to many, many years ago, that oil in Alberta is landlocked because we've allowed foreign uh, interference to do this. Exactly. Yep. Why did it take so long for people to finally wake up to the fact that these very well-orchestrated campaigns were being done by essentially our next-door neighbours? Yeah. Well, Alex, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm, 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 I'm great, you know, very grateful for the opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, it's been about eight years now uh, since I first noticed, you know, these. at first it was just three little words, tar sands campaign. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was doing research on the campaign against salmon farming and farmed salmon. And I it was actually, you know, totally by accident that I noticed this, you know, tar sands campaign. It was right around the time that um, these billboards were popping up uh, in, in the UK and elsewhere, and there was this, this campaign called Rethink Alberta. Mm-hmm. And I thought, gee, you know, well, what's this tar sands campaign all about? Anyway, so here we are eight years later. And, you know, at first, like I'd have to say really the first seven years, um, you know, we had dribs and drabs of information. At first there was nothing. It really wasn't until 2013. This is you know, more than five years ago already, that the the strategy paper uh, was posted online, and so bit by bit we've you know learned more about this campaign. And of course, you know now what we've seen is that um, I've traced the funding on more than a hundred organizations um, that have been funded all by the Tides Foundation and also by an organization called the New Venture Fund. Mm-hmm. So what we're seeing is. Every single component, I can't find one single organization that systematically is campaigning year after year against the, you know, the infrastructure projects, the pipelines, ports, etc., that are needed to export Canadian oil overseas. I can't find one single organization that systematically campaigns against these projects that isn't funded as part of this large campaign. 
There are several things that bother me about this, among one of them that Canadians would be involved in attacking their own interests and, and in doing so using a lot of Indigenous groups and protesters who likely have no clue that they're being used by American money. Well, I, you know, that's one way of, of putting it. Uh, frankly, I wouldn't put it quite that way. Um, because, you know, people, uh, we all have different motivations. And I would agree there's sort of, you know, what you might call a, a commingling of, of, of motivations here. I, I'm convinced that, you know, the people who sign online petitions and participate in protests, etc., they're probably concerned about the environment. Well, that's what know, I'm saying, our, but they're being used yes. by these groups that they have no idea they're funded by American money. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if I'd say that they're being used, but what is clear is that the, the big funders mm-hmm. uh, have advanced money uh, for the explicit purpose of hurting our country and keeping one particular country, which actually, frankly, happens to be one of the best oil producers in the world, keeping us out of a global market. And that's not charitable. That is, as far as I'm concerned, having worked in charity myself for decades, that's not charitable activity and charities shouldn't be doing this. Not to mention the most important point of all is that this campaign isn't helping the environment. It's not protecting the environment. It hasn't kept one single barrel of oil uh, out of the market. It just means that another country is producing it. And that's the problem here, you know, is that these environmental groups, a lot of them are trying to push us to make better use of oil and the fossil fuels that we still do need to burn, right? Because we couldn't all drive electric cars today even if we wanted to. We, We still don't have the basic technology that we need to make better use of, of energy, right? So we need to develop that. And, and there are activist groups out there, and it's their role in society to play, you know, to be mm-hmm. honest brokers and, and push us forward. But that's not what we're doing. That's not what's happening. And that's the problem, is that we need to, you know, this, this activism has been so well-funded, yeah. so well-coordinated, it sucked all the oxygen out of the room. Right. And, but the and, destruction is real. I mean, they've done some real damage oh, yeah, to this country. Absolutely. Can it be reversed? Absolutely. Well, that's that's the challenge, you know. And people don't realize, you know, the recent court rulings, for example. The uh, and I'm not saying the judge was influenced by this money. I want to be clear about that. But it is very clear from American tax returns that you know the application to the federal court of appeal that resulted in the ruling that paralyzed Trans Mountain, also the application to the Montana court that paralyzed the Keystone in November. Both of those um, court actions were brought about as part of this campaign to landlock Canadian oil. Right. And, and now we're in a situation where we have a, a court ruling from a higher court, Federal Court of Appeal, ruling that a, a First Nation, okay, which has constitutional rights that many of the rest of us don't have, but that same First Nation uh, is getting money from a foreign country, mm-hmm. from interest in a foreign country, not from the government, but from private interests, to sabotage the very same project that the the court is telling the Crown that the the Crown needs to consult with the First Nation. But how can that First Nation do two things simultaneously? Yeah, it's the old suck and blow. How can it shut down the same project that it's supposed supposed to be consulting about meaningfully? Right. But you, but you so warn now that they're going, at. yeah, and you warn now that they're targeting, they're going to go to war with the Indigenous groups that want to get pipeline, whether it's the Eagle Spirit or, let's say, groups that might want to buy Trans Mountain and, and gain independency, and which really would give First Nations the reconciliation they so want. Is this the next target? Well, it's not that they're the next target. They've been a target for 10 years. You know, I think most of us have no idea what has gone on in some of the remote 
communities, um, you know, the intimidation, the harassment. Um, it, it's terribly, it's awful to hear about. You know, I've, I've had a lot of calls over the years from First Nations. Right. And this is the worst of it. You know, these are the communities that that um, we want to, we are, you know, more than anybody, we want to see th- these communities have the same uh, privileges that we have all across our, our country, you know. I went, just last week I was in, in Calgary, actually, or near Calgary, for this um, uh, conference of the Indigenous Resource Council. And it, it, was, it was moving. It was moving to be there. You know, there are more than 200 chiefs and, and other uh, First Nations leaders. And you walk in that room and then you realize that this pipeline is not just a construction project. You know, this is an anti-poverty project. This is about right. economic development right. in some of the, our, the communities in our country that need it the most. I, w- I want to ask you this, because I know that this is not new, but th- this the, the tentacles go really far on this. The prime minister's office, they, the politicians in this country know that this is happening, correct? Some of them. Some of them. Some of them. Not, not all of them. That's the problem, right? And the thing that, to me that's the most concerning is the elections activism. Right. right? You know, th- this is the thing that, that most people don't know is the origin of some of the groups, especially in, in British Columbia. Lead Now, the Dogwood Initiative. Mm-hmm. Both of these organizations were created with money originally from American foundations, the same ones that are funding the, the, the campaign against the pipelines. And now they are the top funded organizations that are receiving funds to defeat politicians that are supportive of the pipelines that we need to participate in the global energy markets, not just oil, but natural gas as well. So here we have a, you know, uh, and get the vote out organizations, very powerful. I mean, the Dogwood Initiative has gone through more than $10 million since this campaign began, right? Right. And, and they are active municipally, provincially, federally as well. Right. But we just have a government that just reformed election laws. We've got people flipping out over um, American, uh, you know, Russian interference in that election. And I'm, and I'm telling people it's happening here already and no one seems to care. Yeah, the interesting thing is that there's both a similarity and a, and a big difference, right? The similarity, ironically, is that in both the cases of the Russian, Russian meddling, mm-hmm. And the, you know, the uh, involvement of these U.S.-funded organizations in the 2015 federal election, say, in both cases, it was about oil. You know, that's the, that's the important thing to realize is that these U.S.-funded groups that, that were involved in a 2015 federal election, it wasn't to defeat the Conservative Party over some human rights issue or, or you know, it was to... Landlock Canadian oil. That's what it was about. Right. It was about things that end up continuing the U.S. monopoly on our oil, right? So that's the important thing. This wasn't done without a purpose. It was done purposefully to harm economic interests, you know, and, and without people, you know, even, even understanding what was going on. So we have an election but, in, in the next few months, and, I, and I'm almost out of time with you, Vivian. How do we turn this thing around? How do we actually get people educated on this, uh, you know, um, to turn it around? Well, first of all, we, I think the number one thing is we need to partner with First Nations communities. You know, it's the smart thing to do. It's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Secondly, we need to bring this Tar Sands campaign to an end. I, I, I can't be hopeful, really, until this campaign ends, because it's going to be just one piece of court action after the next. Just Monday, just this week, another piece 
was launched um, against the Trans Mountain Pipeline. Right. So second thing would be bring the tar sands campaign to an end at this point. I think that's probably going to need to involve some lawyers. (laughs) And thirdly, we need to team up. You know, the folks who have a a certain vision for the future, they call it a low-carbon economy, they've teamed up. They're working together. They're working very hard. There's a lot of money there. They're very well coordinated. Those of us who just have a different view, uh, you know, we need to better articulate our ideas because right. it's going to be a battle of ideas. Right. May the best ideas win. Yeah, I agree. So that's and, the thing. And, I, and, and, and may the oil companies finally start standing up for themselves. Otherwise, these activists are just going to keep getting away with it. So, um, All of us. Yeah. All of us. There's corporate interest. There's community interests too, right? It's up to Canadians. You know, big, big companies are going to look out for uh, corporate interests. There's community interests here. There's citizens that need to you know, defend not only our energy sovereignty, but our overall sovereignty. Right. And and that's, nobody's going to do that but Canadians. I agree. Vivian, thank you so much. I wish I could have you on for an hour, but that means I'll have to have <laughs> you on again. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Vivian, thanks. 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 Bye that, now. that is uh, Vivian Krause joining us. If you ever want to follow her, you can get her at Fair Questions. She, she's honestly, you don't believe me? The documentation's all there. It's all there. And uh, interestingly, tonight she's reporting that since the CBC finally decided to not cover um, Donald Trump and do its job covering Canadian issues and exposed uh, some of the work that she's done, one of the group's corp ethics, which has been uh, been given money, has rewritten its website and it's deleted all its strategy uh, of landlocking oil and also influencing elections. So... They know she's watching, they know they are being watched, and the more you start reporting this stuff, the faster we put it to be, uh, you know, out to pasture, because this does not belong in this country. Here on Point on Global News Radio.